This is a story from Shetland, and I have heard it told many times by my dear friend, the late Lawrence Tullock. You know, storytellers bound around expressions sometimes which really annoy me. The term master storyteller of tradition bearer. And in some cases, you could say that that was true. But in many cases, it seems to come down to ego more than anything else. When people start using it to describe themselves. Now, that term, master storyteller and tradition bearer, was not only rather uncomfortable for me, but for Lawrence as well. Lawrence hated it as much as I did. You were just a storyteller. There was no qualifications. There was no degrees. But he learnt his stories from his father, who learnt them from his mother, and so on. These stories were passed down from generation to generation in Shetland. And I hope his daughter Liz takes them up one day and uses them, along with her wonderful fiddle-playing as well, to delight audiences. It's her heritage. It's her inheritance from her father and her grandfather and her great-grandmother all the way back. This is a story called The Goiter Scary. Now, back in the days after Shetland became part of Scotland, they still spoke the old language, the Norn, a dialect of Old Norse, and they still traded a lot with Scandinavia. They would sail over to Norway and Sweden and Denmark and also to the Baltic states as well. The Hanseatic League was still very powerful and there was lots of travel and trade back and forth between the two. Now there was a young man from north of Yale who got a job on a sailing ship and he sailed to many of these ports and he earned a little money, and after a few years he was able to come home and visit his parents. It wasn't very often that he would find himself back in Shetland, or back in Shetland with enough time to actually go home. But one day he was able to go home, and he gave his father a gift. He gave him a beautiful knife with a hard wood handle, and it was kept in a little leather sheath that could be hung on a belt. Well, the old man loved this knife. It was his pride and joy. It was his greatest treasure. And he took a wire and he heated it on the fire and he burnt his own initials into the handle so that it was his forevermore. No one could dispute the fact that this was his knife. Well, his wife used to laugh and say that he loved that knife more than he loved her. And the old man just smiled and said nothing. Sometimes it's best to do that. Now, one day he was down beachcombing, and he saw a big bull seal lying asleep on the goiter scary. Now, he could get across to the scary. It was low tide, and he was thinking that this selkie 
would be a fine catch for him if he could kill it, because he would have the skin which he could sell or make things from, and also they would have some meat, but also the blubber was very, very useful and very valuable. It would be pressed to squeeze the oil out of it, and then that was used in the old lamps to give light in the winter time. Well, he very, very quietly, very stealthily creeped up on this sleeping seal, and when he was within striking distance, he lunged at it the full length of himself, but the selkie had woken up just in time, and instead of the man striking the knife through the selkie's heart, which is what he was intending to do, he ended up sticking it in the bony flipper at the end of the beast, just where the flipper joined its body. The knife sank in there, and the big seal dived into the sea, and the blood gushed up onto the surface, discoloring the water. And then the man was sad, because, not because he'd lost the seal. There was plenty more seals, but because he'd lost that knife, the seal had pulled the knife out of his hand, and it was still sticking in him when he went into the sea. Now, the old man thought, well, maybe the seal will die from loss of blood, and he'll be washed ashore. So he searched along the coast, but the seal didn't come ashore. Now, the years passed, and the young man who had been at sea, the son of the old man, he came home, and he had good news. He said that he'd made enough money now to settle down, to come back to Shetland for good, and he was going to marry his childhood sweetheart. He'd already asked her, and she'd already agreed. And he had saved up enough money to have a boat made and he would go to the fishing with that, and that way he would make a living. Well, the old man and the old woman were delighted when they heard that. Now, the young man had in mind a certain family in Norway who made boats, and their reputation went all over the place. They were well known as the finest boatmakers that had ever drawn breath. And so it decided that the old man and his son would head across to Norway and pick up their boat, bring it back to Shetland. So they knew someone that was going over to Norway, and they got a lift with them across the sea, landed in Norway, and headed to the place where this family of boat builders lived. Now when they got there, the boat was ready, and it was perfect. It was everything that the young man had asked for it to be. It was a beautiful boat, very, very seaworthy boat, and very beautiful to behold, a real work of art. 
Now, it was the two sons of the family that were the boat builders. But their father, who they lived with, there was no sign of a mother. Maybe she had died some time before. But the old man was cripple. He went on a crutch. And he was obviously the brains behind the operation. He was the man who knew boat building better than he knew anything else. And he knew it better than anyone else knew it too. And he was the supervisor that made sure that they did everything just perfectly. Now, the boat was ready, but they weren't, because a gale blew up from the north, and the wind raged and the sea was lashed into huge waves, and there was no way that you could put a boat out in that. And so, with no other houses in the neighborhood and nowhere else to go, the old man from Yale and his son had to stay in the house with the old man and his two sons. Now, Norwegians have a reputation, like we do in Orkney and Shetland as well, of hospitality. You give the best of what you have to your guests, and you look after them as well as you can. And that applies in Norway equally. But not in this house. They were there very much under sufferance. And it was obvious that they were not welcome. And there was no conversation. They could speak English, but they chose not to. Any conversations that happened in that house was very, very few, and they were muttered conversations in Norwegian between the old man and his sons. Now, they could still understand most of what they were saying, mind you, because the old language was still holding on. But it was obvious that they did not want them to join in. And also, it wasn't a very rich house, and there wasn't much in the way of food, and what they were given was not wonderful, but enough to keep life in. But the next day, the wind blew as strong, and it did that the day after that, and the day after that too. And there was no way that they could leave. And food was getting scarce. And again, the welcome was no warmer. The old man, the old Norwegian man, he would look at the old Shetland man, and the old Shetland man was aware that he would sit there staring at him. But whenever the Shetland man looked towards the Norwegian man, he turned his head away. He would never, ever make eye contact with him. But he would sit staring at him. It was a very gloomy household, and they couldn't wait for the wind to go down to get away. Well, it got to the point where there was very little food left in the house. Now, the old man had tried to make conversation with the old Norwegian man, but he wasn't saying much. 
and one day he asked them, "'And what kind of a boat do you have?' And the old man just glowered at him, and he said, "'We have no use for a boat.' He thought that was a strange thing for boat builders, but, well, maybe they didn't have much time to go to sea, he didn't know. But things were starting to get kind of dire in the house. The food by now had run out. There was nothing left. So the one day the old man said to his sons, Go down and get a fish for our supper. Well, they chomped up and they went out the door. And the old Yale man was very, very surprised about this because they had told them that they didn't have a boat. And there was no way that you could fish off the rocks in weather like that. Well, it wouldn't be safe for a start, but you wouldn't catch anything anyway. So they waited, and they waited, and they waited. And the old man was starting to become anxious. He would go over to the door and stand in it, and he would look down towards the shore to see if there was any sign of his sons coming home. And then darkness started to fall, and he really started to worry then. And he would go back over to the door and stand staring down to the shore, waiting for his sons. Eventually the door opened, and in they came, carrying with them a huge cod. "'Where have you been?' he said. "'Why were you so long? I've been worried sick about you.' "'Sorry, father,' he said, "'but we couldn't find any fish in the sea at all. "'You know,' We'd almost gone to Shetland before we saw this cod. And then the penny dropped with the old man. These men, they didn't need a boat, and yet they'd travelled over to Shetland. They were selkie folk, seals that could become human, and that's why they didn't want them in the house. That's why they weren't welcome, because they were worried that their secret would come out. But the old man from Yale decided that it was better just to hold your tongue. So, <clears throat> but the old Norwegian man, well, he knew. He knew that they understood, and that they knew that they were selkie folk. And after that, the atmosphere lightened. And the Norwegians actually became quite chatty. And they spoke and they laughed for a while. And, you know, they they were getting on very well. But eventually, the one day, the wind had gone down and the sea had calmed. And it was decided that this was the right time then for the maiden voyage of that boat. They would sail from Norway back home to Shetland, back to North Yale. Now, before they set out, the old man from Yale and the old man from Norway were sitting chatting to each other. The mood was very different by this time. It was almost friendly. And the old Shetland man thought that it was now appropriate that he could ask the old Norwegian man a question which he'd been wondering for a while. He said, you're, uh, you're lame. Mm. What happened to cause that? Did you have an accident or something? 
And the old Norwegian man looked at him. And then he put his hand up into a little cupboard that was built into the wall of stone. And he took something down from it and he handed it to the old man. And the old man took it and it was a knife. And he recognized it as his own knife. And there on the hardwood handle was his initials burnt into it just as he had done all those years ago. And then the old man looked at him and he said, Do you recognize that knife? That's the one that you stuck in me when I was on the Goiter Scary all those years ago.